You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 97 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and we have another great episode for you all this week. For any of you Neverland fans and listeners, uh, we have one of my friends from Finding Neverland, Teal Wicks, joining the podcast. She's played Alphaba in Wicked. She was a share in The Share Show, uh, and she's done a bunch of other things, and we have such a great, great conversation, and I'm excited for you folks to listen to it, and it's going to be a really fun one. So before we get to that, before we turn it over to it, let's talk about some Broadway news because there's been a lot that's happened since I last talk to you all last week um i don't even know where to begin i guess i'll begin in saying happy opening to all of the shows that opened this week uh happy opening to plaza suite and happy previews and happy first show to uh mr saturday night funny girl birthday candles and Macbeth. and speaking of those shows uh funny girl i mentioned just had their uh first preview since the last time I talked to you all and I was actually able to see their third performance of Funny Girl uh it was amazing I thought the show itself was just fantastic I knew nothing about the show going into it um I loved the fact that it was like show business within the show um I don't know those shows always kind of fascinate me and uh just to see the life of like a showbiz star and all of that it was just super fun and Beanie Feldstein did a fantastic job uh Jane Lynch really really stuck out to me on stage she really exceeded my expectations I met her when she came backstage during Finding Neverland uh, but I never saw her like perform live and I think that was the first time that I did so and she was just fantastic and of course Ramin Karamlu was fantastic Jared Grimes was fantastic It was the first time I saw him perform live, and he blew me away. Um, He had these incredible tap numbers, and he was able to sing and act like a true triple threat, and I was truly impressed with his performance. Um, I I would be shocked if those four aren't uh, getting some sort of recognition for this award season or uh or whatever it it may be but uh they were fantastic and uh, the choreography in the show was something that i didn't expect to be as good as it was uh but everyone in the show was just fantastic and uh it was a third preview and there was already a swing and an understudy on so um that was that was awesome so just incredible work of course as always by swings and understudies um just making sure the show stays on track and is able to go out there and perform eight shows a week it, it's incredible uh blown away and just congratulations to everyone and funny girl loved 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 the show beanie feldstein did amazing she really definitely carried the show i was a little um 
I guess second guessing the choice, I was excited for it because, you know, she's a friend of the podcast. She's been on the, the podcast before um, and she's just such a sweetheart. And uh, I was very excited for her, but I was curious to see how it worked and it worked tremendously. And uh, I am excited to see her grow in the role and figure out, uh, you know, I'm excited. And I'm excited to see her grow in the role, and I'm excited to see this show continue. I think it's going to have a long little run here on Broadway. Um, it's just, it's a great show, and it's a lot of fun. But that block on 52nd Street is just fantastic uh, with MJ and Funny Girl. Um, it's it's iconic. I mean, really, it's just such a great little block featuring two of the hottest shows and best shows on Broadway right now. Um, other Broadway news. Ariana DeBose won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in a Movie. I am so excited for her. I am dying to get her on the podcast. I need to talk to her about all of this amazing stuff, but she needs some time to wind down, and uh, she's got some other press things to do. So we're going to get her on eventually. We're going to talk to her all about this, and her performance in West Side Story still amazes me. I love watching it on Disney+. Plus. Mike Feist and Andrew Garfield were still snubbed from the Oscars, but hey, I'll take it with Ariana DeBose win. I'm so proud of her. So exciting. Uh, just threw me back to some Pippin days, seeing her up there again on a stage and uh, just kind of reminiscing the day. I was trying to find some like old pictures of us to like post for like a good luck and send her and all these fun things. Uh, but it was really cool to look back on that stuff. So Congrats, Ari. I'm so, so proud of you. And uh, I can't wait to see what's next for her because this is just the beginning. And in other news going on in the Broadway world, uh, The Piano Lesson will be returning to Broadway next season, starring Samuel L. Jackson, Danielle Brooks, and John David Washington. I mean, do I need to say anything else? This seems amazing already. Uh, it is the first Broadway revival in over 30 years. So it's been a long time since we've seen the show on Broadway. So I'm excited to see it. I've never seen the show. I've never seen it on Broadway, obviously. Um, so I'm excited. What an insane cast. Love Samuel L. Jackson. Love Danielle Brooks. I mean, Queen. Uh, so it's going to be a good one. And I, I'm excited to, to go check that one out. It's joining uh, next season. So it won't be here for a little bit. But It'll be here soon enough, and I'm excited to go see it anyway. So uh, keep your eye out for that one. Piano Lesson is going to be pretty good. Oh, uh, more exciting news. Nikki Renee Daniels played Bobby in Company yesterday. That's right. If you're listening to this on Thursday, the day that this came out, she is performing both shows um, on March 30th, Wednesday, uh, as Bobby, the main character in Company. And it's the first time a black performer will be playing the role of Bobby on Broadway. So congratulations to her. She's making history in the show. Very exciting times. Uh, just a great, great story. Always if, if, with that company and, and, oh my God, with that company and company. I was like, wait, I'm not saying that right, but I am. Um, amazing. With that company in the show company. So uh, great stuff all around for company. <laughs> this is so silly. But yeah, I'm excited for her. And that's huge. It's a huge historic moment in the show that is so, so popular and well-known in 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 theater history. So congrats to you again, Nikki Renee Daniels. Um, what else is going on here? Oh, oh. Oh, oh, bringing it sad for a moment. Um, Aaron Tveit, Natalie Mendoza, Tam Matu, and Ricky Rojas, the current leads in Moulin Rouge, will be playing their final performances 
in Moulin Rouge. Yes, I know. It's so sad. Uh, Aaron Tveit is leaving the show. They haven't announced the 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 replacements yet, and I can't imagine who they're going to be, but it'll be interesting to see who they will be. Um, but you still have some time to go check out these wonderful performers. Um, obviously, so Aaron Tveit, Ricky Rojas, and Tam Mutu have been with the show since it opened. Um, and Natalie joined a little bit later. Uh, so it kind of like opened before the pandemic at first very short amount of time. And then Natalie joined post pandemic. Um, so they're all leaving together and you have some time to catch them if you haven't caught them yet, as they will be playing their final performance in the show on May 8th. So you have about a month to go see, you have like a month and like a week or two, uh, to go see the current leads in Moulin Rouge with like most of the original cast, uh, in the show. Um, and if not, I'm going to keep you posted on who's next in line for the show uh, because I'm sure that'll be, well, that will, it will be announced very shortly. So uh, I'm so sad. I loved them. Aaron Tveit's performance was amazing. Ricky was uh, amazing as well. I mean, just hilarious. Uh, who knows? Maybe Julius will, will take over the role full time. I don't know. I'm spreading rumors. I'm spreading rumors. I'll stop. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> anyways, let's continue here. Oh, POTUS, the new Broadway show that's coming with Julianne Hough, Lily Cooper, uh, Rachel Dreich, uh, Vanessa Williams, uh, so many, so many stars. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago on the podcast, but they have changed their opening night date on Broadway. So they will be actually opening a week before uh, their previously scheduled opening, and they will now be opening on April 27th so that they can be a part of this 2021-2022 season um, so that they will be eligible for this year's Tony Awards, uh, that they will be included in this uh, kind of season of Broadway history, um, all of that fun stuff. They they would have missed the cutoff if they didn't, so they moved up a week. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to get this uh, fabulous show um sooner rather than later i mean it's obviously only by a week but like still um we're gonna see the show sooner and uh, i'm excited for it i don't know too much about it but it looks amazing and with those seven powerhouse women leading the way i mean can't go wrong right for the last piece of news i wanted to share with you all uh on this sunday april 3rd if you're in the area if you live in new york and or you're visiting new york for this weekend please stop by and come by the tkts booth located on 47th Street and Broadway and Times Square this Sunday because we will be sending a message of hope and solidarity for the people and families in Ukraine. Stop by and support us. You can sing along with us. You can uh, come out and just meet a couple people. You can come by and watch. You can come whatever you want to do. Um, just stop by and, and show your support and love um, both for the Broadway community and for the Ukrainian families that this is dedicated to. So, um, But all that being said, I'm really excited for the rest of this week because I have a couple more shows that I'm going to see. And uh, I'm obviously going to have more reviews for you on next week's episode. So stay tuned and come back next week uh if you enjoyed this week's episode so with that being said here is this week's episode with broadway star and a good friend of mine teal wicks teal wicks curtain up
Today, we have one of my favorite Broadway principals on the podcast. She is one of my old friends from Neverland, who has also been in three other Broadway shows, including Wicked, Cher, and Jekyll and Hyde. Everyone, welcome to Take a Bow, Teal Wicks. Hello. Hey. Hi, hi, hi. Oh my God. Hey. I'm so excited. <laughs> Long time no see. So glad that we're able to catch up. Uh, this is this is so fun. I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for so long, and so I'm happy that we were able to do this. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yes. I'm so happy to be here. It's so nice to see your face. I know. I know. It's weird that we're ah. in this virtual space, but it's better than nothing, right? Yeah, um, it's better than nothing. Yeah, for sure. Well, the way I usually like to start these uh, episodes is to kind of asking people, you know, how they got started and like what inspired them to to join the theater and tell stories. Mm. <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah. What What All was right. your experience? I'll, I'll go. <laughs> um, okay, I'll go. Um, so, okay, I grew up in Sacramento, California which whatever, that doesn't really matter, but it's, it was a good town to grow up because there's a lot of local arts. Mm-hmm. Um, they have good, you know, good theater. They have a lot of like good small town, very, very basic kids theater. They have like Sacramento Music Circus and some other semi-professional theaters. And then a lot of the national tours will come through. Um, so it's just, it's a, it's a really nice art city. And my parents really like just taking me to arts. They love anything from like outdoor concerts to, you know, the ballet to all the shows coming through to like the high school doing West Side Story, all that sort of stuff. Um, So just from an early age, they just kind of took me to all these things. And I just, I really, it's so weird. At a very early age, I think I just understood, even if I didn't understand, but I had, I had an appreciation, oh my gosh, I had an appreciation for uh, like live performance, whether it was a band or like just a street performer doing something on the street or in a theater. And I remember I, for one, when I was, when I was little, the, the movie Annie, yeah, when that came out, I was obsessed with it. You know, it's a bunch of kids singing and dancing and you're like, what? And as a kid, you're like, that, what are they doing? <laughs> I want to be them. Um, so that kind of just, I loved music and I loved that sort of theatricality. And then I saw the, the production, uh, touring production of Peter Pan, which I think was starring Kathy Rigby at that time. I don't know. I forget how old I was, but I was still fairly young. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like nine or 10 or something. And we went to see it. And I, I remember that being the first time being in a theater and watching a show and just being obsessed with it and thinking, I want to be up there. I want to get up on that stage. And I want to do that, like, you know, with people in the audience and there, and there's a orchestra and just the whole, everything about live theater. I, that sort of, that moment was a huge moment for me. And I just loved it. And that was at least the, the sparking my interest in it. And my parents, and I was always singing and my grandmother was a, had been a choir teacher and a music teacher and she played the piano. And from an early age, they were kind of like, oh, she actually doesn't sound bad oh. <laughs> for kids. You know, <laughs> you know, there's some kids who sing and you're like, mm, bless their hearts, but that's not, that's not going to happen. Right. You know, and then there's ones where you're like, wow, you're actually singing in tune and oh, wow, that actually is kind of pleasant to listen to. So I just would be singing whenever I wanted to. And I was kind of a shy kid, but anytime I would start singing or music came on, 
I would sort of come alive and be confident and oh. people would stop and listen and pay attention. And I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of cool. How do I do this? Right. Yeah. And so they just, when I expressed interest in doing theater, whether it was at school or at the small regional things, my parents were like, yeah, go do. Yeah, go, 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 go do. Oh. And also when I was really little, when I was like, like a kid, 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 I, I took ballet class mm -hmm. and also gymnastics and I was actually really good at ballet. Um, so I started doing that for a while until I think I was like 11 and then I started playing soccer oh. <laughs> and that was the end of my, my ballet That's career. <laughs> and then, what, so did you do soccer and then you just like got back into theater at a later like date? No, I did soccer and You did theater. both. Wow. So I would do, yeah, I would found a way to do both. And, wow. you know, my parents would drive me around to all the things. And then when I had a car and had my license, I drove myself to all the things. And I just, I did, did the plays at school and did a little bit of the regional theater the, the small small town mm -hmm. I never did like the fancy paying gigs in Sacramento I did the most basic you know almost everybody who auditions gets in sort of shows but but it just it I was in the world you know just being in the world of like what it means to go to rehearsal and right. be with a cast and in a company and I just I was just obsessed I just loved it loved it and when college time came around I knew I wanted to study drama I didn't know if I would actually be good at it, but I was like, at least I want to try. Right. And I went to UC Irvine mm -hmm. in Southern California and just did drama there and sort of realized there that I actually was not bad yeah. and <laughs> figured stuff out. Wow. And yeah. And uh, the UCI has a, I th they still have it, had, uh, they called it the New York Satellite Program where each spring semester or quarter, we were on the quarter system, um, you, uh, you had to audition to get into this program and you would come to New York for like six weeks maybe. And we would stay here and we'd take classes. We had to like take dance classes. We had master classes through the school. We had to go on so many auditions and all of this sort of stuff. And I did it twice and I just fell in love with New York and sort of that was when I was like oh yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna move to New York like I can I love this city and I think I can actually do this yeah. and so when I graduated I moved out here that's awesome and pursued my Broadway dreams so when you moved out here did, did you have a job or were you just like coming out oh. here to audition oh no oh, I was just coming out here to live to live just to live oh my, my God. life young and you haven't looked back city <laughs> haven't looked back look at you look at where you are today here you are the star <laughs> on broadway that you are um that's amazing so you're would you say like your first professional gig then if you weren't doing like the crazy things at sacramento um would you say that it was the tour of jekyll and hyde no my first professional gig was um a production of pippin at good speed oh, Opera House of course oh my god that then also did a mini tour yeah so that that job was like i that that job was my first time ever being paid uh -huh. as an actor um i got my equity card okay. i got my agents because they came to the agents i'm still with because they were representing a few people in the cast um, and it was also my first uh, tour. 
Wow. And so it was a lot of firsts and it was a really, it was such an amazing company of people and just had the best time. And Pippin's just such a fun show. I know. I had, as you know, I had no idea (laughs) that you were in Pippin, like that you've been in a production of it. And like, when I saw that you played Catherine, I was like, wait, I want to see that now. (laughs) Like, like, why haven't you? Go ahead. That was like two decades ago, but yeah. You could still do it. I don't think there's any. Oh, yeah, I know. I could still do it. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's any. I think it was so long ago that I don't think there's any footage that exists uh, in the world. Yeah. So, like a VHS, just, if that's what it's called. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Rude. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Rude. <laughs> um, no, it's just, it, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe we can do yeah. some digging, um, but that's <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah, Pippin, I was just like blown away when I saw that. Anyways, um, that's so fun. I have to ask you for like people listening, you know, whether they're going through their first professional gig or whatever they're doing um, and they don't have a manager like or, or an agent, mm. like what what is that process like? And like, is there what what are some of the, the difficulties, whether it's like with contract negotiations and just finding that audition and stuff like that. Like how could you help them? Yeah. Well, unfortunately I'm not going to be super helpful because I'm, I'm the, like, I was, I, my start in this business was very much being in the right place at the right time Mm -hmm. and having the right person see me. And a lot of things just sort of line, um, just really lined up and very much just luck, luck, luck. Um, because I, I was going, you know, on all of the, the course calls and all of that. And, um, and, but I, so when I, when I got Pippin, I didn't have representation yet, but it was my first job. So I didn't have any other jobs before then, which I had to negotiate contracts. And um. I would have been terrible because I'm honestly of the like, I'm just happy to do it. Right. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you for wanting me. I'll do it for food. Just right. Feed me. Yes. Um, you know, um, so I don't even remember. And luckily when I, when I got Pippin, the casting director was very, very kind to me. I can't even remember who it was. I feel really bad. It's probably somebody who I still like see, um, was very, very kind and was very much like this. I know this is your first thing this is normal. This is what it was. And it was, and I had a principal contract. So Mm -hmm. it was also kind of like a big deal. Um, So it just, everything in that contract just seemed amazing. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. Um, But I would, if I had to give advice, because even though I have representation and they're amazing and all of that, you know, a lot of, we still, we still have to sort of be aware of what we want to do and what we believe we are worth and all of that. And I would say, it would be good to understand your finances, your financial life situation enough to know what do I need to make? What, how much money do I need to make to be able to like still rent, pay rent and eat and travel expenses and all of that sort of stuff? You know, what's that sort of range? What's your baseline? Hmm. So, you know, if some things, if there's an option to negotiate, you can probably try to be like, well, I need at least this and you, you don't have to go crazy high or crazy or low ball ball yourself. Um, But also you just sort of have to have, I think a good idea of what you want to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, because there's a lot of times that I'm sure 
I'm sure you probably as well have projects have sort of come up or auditions and you're like, I don't really actually love this role. I don't actually really love the show. I don't know about it, but I desperately need a job. Do I just say yes because I need something? Right. Um, and you don't always have to say yes. I mean, there are times when you where maybe you're like, I just need a job. So anything that pays me, I'll do it. But then there's also times that we can convince ourselves that we have to have a job in any job we're just lucky to have. And it's true, but it's also we are artistic human beings who have value and worth. And there are some things that may not actually be right. And we should have the courage to say, no, I don't think that's right. Because it could be perfect for someone else, you know? Mm-hmm. So you got to you gotta stay true to yourself and, and make sure that you're doing things that um, give you life yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better word you know whether it's just pure survival life or like artistic life or whatever um yeah and I it just in my career when I sort of realized the power of saying no to things mm. it really shifted a lot of stuff because then I felt any project that I was doing or going after I actually went after it with my whole heart rather than like begrudgingly oh the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's an important, like, message, you know? Like, because if you're not going to, okay. if you know, if you can't go all in, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. Like, you can't half-ass it, you know? Yeah. You have to, yeah. you have to go all in if you really want something. And that's when you put your best work forward. And that's when you put your best self yeah. forward uh, to show, to truly show your self-worth and everything like that. So... That's really important for sure. Um, talk to me about Jekyll and Hyde because I think it's really cool that you know you you went on tour with it and then you went to Broadway with it. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. Talk to me about that experience and talk to me about the the shift from like tour to Broadway and like how it happened. Right. Um, well, with Jekyll and Hyde, the the plan the plan for it was always do a tour and we're moving to Broadway. Like Broadway was always like, we're going to Broadway. We're going to Broadway. We're going to Broadway. Um, It's just our Broadway run was a lot shorter than (laughs) anyone had anticipated. Right. And we actually ended up going into a different theater. Mm. I think originally our Broadway plan was to go into Richard Rogers. Because this was, Uh, you know, pre-Hamilton. So that theater was available. Always the thing. But then... When we were doing tour, the the Marquee Theater, I guess, can't be oh. was available. Like it was only a couple weeks before the Richard Rogers one. And then our producers were like, "We're gonna go to the Marquee." And the Mar, I mean, for anybody out there, I don't know 
how savvy or how much in the business people are or whatever or know these theaters but the Richard Rogers and the Marquis are very very different theaters very different amount of seats very different stages very different setup mm. very very different um so that was just kind of that was sort of the the unknown unexpected thing and not to say that if we were in the Richard Rogers we would have had a longer run right. of the show but I think it just would have been a little bit it's just like, I think our show would have fit better in that theater. Well, um, I'm curious. Anyways, like, if yeah, if you had the, if you already knew like you were going to go to Broadway and everything, and like you're staging the show, like, are you like planning? Even though you're going on tour right now, are you planning to like stage it for the Broadway theater? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much our our rehearsals and our te- well, I guess our tech was because our set, the set, and everything that was built for it was built for Broadway, but then also then was going to go on tour. Sure. Um, so it, it was, and I guess that made it so that we could fit into any theater that was open on Broadway mm. because we had to fit the show into any, the, all these different <laughs> theaters across the, the U S. Right. Um, but yeah. And I think there were, we had a little bit of, I think pre Broadway rehearsals, but it oh. wasn't a lot. It was sort of, it was mostly just tech. It might've been like a, a week of rehearsals, refining things, um, maybe adding things that we couldn't quite do on tour because of just the logistics and technical sort of restraints of touring right. houses. Um, you know, we changed a little choreography and, but I think more or less the set was the same and, Oh, I got a new costume. Yes. I got a new dress, which is so nice. They were like, Oh, you're getting a new dress. Broadway, an extra Broadway. He's like, oh, <laughs> thank you. The Broadway. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. So it was it was minor. It wasn't like completely like rehauling the show. You know, sure. I think we if if we had rehearsals other than just like tech and previews, it was probably like a week and then the sort of usual sort of week of tech and then the preview process and yeah, yeah. I know it was interesting though, like being on on tour because there were cities that they they loved us, they loved our show, and then there were cities where they were like, Mm-mm, what is happening? What's happening? <laughs> Why is he so upset? Oh no, that's great. <laughs> I know. I feel like that is one of those shows where it's just like you either love it or you just like you don't. It just goes yeah. over your head, you know? <laughs> yeah, it it totally is, and I I think sometimes those shows are those shows are good, you know? I think. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I sometimes I think it's good to have a show that has very strong opinions about it. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's a mix of good and bad mm-hmm. rather not rather than just bad. But, um, you know, shows that are sort of like in the in the middle state that people are like, yeah, I mean, it's good. They just, you know, people forget about those shows eventually. They don't have yeah longevity. And Jekyll and Hyde has its fan base is hardcore. Like the Jekyll and Hyde fans are. <laughs> fans yeah for sure <laughs> and then the ones who are not just like yeah absolutely. they are how dare not. you even bring that up in my presence like yeah, <laughs> yeah they're like do not say it's hilarious speak those words right <laughs> i love it well so talk to me about like what it was so you're on tour with it and then and you make your broadway debut and, and you're on a broadway stage and you're performing like what was that feeling to just like finally have like everything that you've been working for like in college and everything you're doing it you made it to the stage oh yeah oh yeah oh my gosh well well because my broadway debut 
was in um, was in Wicked. Yeah. So I'm here. I'm here to help. Yes. To wait, this is that's wait, that's even cooler that like your Broadway debut was in Wicked, but we'll get to that. <laughs> it was it was it was amazing because with yeah. Wicked, I had done two California companies. Right. You know, I moved to New York. I was I, I always laugh because like I moved to New York, did the big move, <laughs> left California to like pursue my Broadway dreams and had, you know, a few great regional gigs and whatnot, which were super fun. But my big first big, big, uh, big contract, big role was Elphaba. And then it was in California. Right. <laughs> so, um, so I did it in California for almost two years, I guess. I did Los Angeles and San Francisco companies. Um, and I had lots of ups and downs with it just because it's a really hard role and I had never done anything like that. And I was like, oh, this is what it means to carry a show and to do a role like this. Hmm, okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's tricky. Um, <laughs> and then when Broadway came, it was amazing because I was making my Broadway debut in, for one, Wicked, which is a huge, huge show, and the role of Elphaba, which is such an iconic, like, superstar right. role. And I had already done it for a couple years and I felt like I had really found who Elphaba was for me like I really felt like I had made my own stamp on it and the fact that Wicked asked me you know I had done it before and they were like we would love you to do it on Broadway that just felt like such um, confirmation of the work that I had done with this role and so when I went on Broadway I went in feeling very confident and comfortable which not a lot of people get, especially if their Broadway debut is like a new show and all of that right. sort of stuff. And you don't know if the audiences are going to like it or blah, 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 blah. Um, so it was, you know, very much a, a, a sure thing. And I felt very, very confident. And the best, I remember the my very first performance, because Elphaba has, you know, this great entrance. She comes basically upstage and just runs straight down center stage and literally stops and takes in this new world this new adventure she's on and i mean i and i was like this is wow i allowed myself a moment to actually stand there and absorb the the fact that i was on broadway center stage on broadway and a lot of times also like it's entrance applause and i had friends and family out in the audience too so um so you know you get entrance applause and i was like oh my gosh, this is happening. This is really happening. Right. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, you have to do your show. You have to actually do the show. You just started. So turn to the act, turn to your fellow castmates and act. Mm-hmm. So, and I did. Um, yeah. So it was pretty, especially, it was pretty awesome. Like, especially in a theater like the Gershwin, like oh, that theater is yeah. like, it's huge, it's you know, huge. like looking out in that, I feel like would be so intimidating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's hilarious that but like, that's like, what, yeah. It felt That's your so Broadway good. welcome. I know. It really yeah. was my Broadway welcome. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. What a cool story. Did you ever think your Broadway debut, you would be like covered in, in green? <laughs> no. I know. <laughs> no. No. I, I love like, it. Do you even know what I look like, you guys? You know like? <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. I love I love it. I want to talk about all the makeup and, and all of that <laughs> stuff. Like, what was... Just like that seems insane. How long did it take? Like, what was that even like? Did you like? I don't know. Like, do your skin? Does your skin break out? Like, I think oh, that'd be like a lot. Yeah, yeah. Your skin, your skin goes through a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, they have built into the like. 
I don't, I feel like, cause there's a few people, um, cause Bach has to be painted as the Tin Man. So, right. um, so I think they all have, um, like facials and whatnot built into contracts because basically you have to, you, you, you got it. You're putting your skin through a lot. Yeah. It's weird though. Like you're, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, there was a point where my skin just got used to it and I was like, Oh, okay. This is what we're doing. Whatever. Oh. Okay. I can handle it. Um, so thank you skin for being kind <laughs> towards that. But yeah, but they yeah. actually, the, um, so with wicked, they have a um, makeup artist you know, it's usual. Everybody has the the wig people, and I think I and I think there's the wig gal does does Glinda and Elphaba because Glinda goes on first, so they have time to get Glinda, and then comes to Elphaba because like Elphaba doesn't enter until at like ten, fifteen, ten minutes into the show, fifteen minutes, I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, for me, it was I got at half hour so I'd always have to get to the show earlier to do whatever I needed to do whether I have to warm up or like you know stretch do my roll out on the roller and do all those sort of things and then at half hour you have to get in the chair to start getting painted green and um and the makeup artist is like the makeup artists I have they're just they're amazing they're such cool wonderful lovely people we all just had the best time um yeah and yeah they paint you green it's your face it's your neck it's like your chest it's like a little bit of your chest and then your hands and your forearms um because Elphaba has a green like kind of a sheer green bodysuit that goes underneath all the costumes so that makes her arms green and like the rest of her chest kind of green um but they need the makeup to sort of transition um and it they can do the makeup actually pretty quick I think because they need to be able if something happens and they have to throw an alphabet on mid show. I think they have the makeup down roughly. They can do it in like five minutes. Mm, and wow. like, I mean, it's, you know, just literally slapping it on and being like, don't look too close people. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think they have to be able to do it like, if, like, like five minutes or less. Um, but for, for, for alphabet, I don't know. Every makeup artist is sort of different, but it usually would be like, 15, 20 minutes to get all green. And then because Elphaba starts out her make the makeup over the green is fairly plain. And then at intermission, she gets glam because she's grown and all fancy. So she gets like more <laughs> contour. She gets like lashes. Uh, <laughs> she gets wow. glamified Elphaba. Yeah. And then, I didn't feel like that. yeah. And then after a show, you basically take it all off I, and everybody had their own thing it was just easier to like jump in it because all the elf of the dressing rooms I had all, had a shower so you just jump in the shower and just wash it all off um and all and you can tell if you, anybody goes on tour um and they go in a theater and the bathroom looks like it has like green in the grout you know wicked has been there you know oh my god that's <laughs> hilarious yeah. i was gonna ask you that like i was like are you finding like green like on your phone like on your everything like the neverland sparkles like those oh never escape neverland like, I was... sparkles i feel like a year i feel like sometime early in the beginning of the pandemic i found all of a sudden oh, neverland yeah. um little confetti thing just was just on the ground and i was like what oh, yeah. what sure. happened um, yeah, those things stick to you. Yeah, I just, still find them. Yeah, I was, I, and I was curious. Like, I feel like I don't know. I, I obviously I haven't, I haven't done that, but I feel like the the makeup and like Wicked would be like the same thing, you know? It definitely because uh, I wear a lot of hats. 
Um, oh, so yeah. I had some hats that had <laughs> almost amazing. like a permanent little green tinge. Um, yes. um, but I don't know. I got really good at taking the green off. So it mostly come out. It was mostly like, yeah, like hats um, would just have a little maybe like a green tint because a lot of times the green would sometimes get stuck in your hairline. Um, oh. And sometimes you only want to scrub so hard because you're just going to do it again. Like that's yeah. the thing for a two show day. You have because Elphaba gets glammed in Act Two. Oh. You have to start with a fresh, clean slate at the top of the next show Yikes. on a two show day. So you can't just like walk around green. You gotta <laughs> right take her off and then start all over again. But yeah, the green, the green definitely like lingers. And I remember getting facials like months after I finished maybe not mm. months, but like a month after I finished Wicked or whatever and still green would come out. Yeah. <laughs> you would have to, if sure. you were going to get facials, you had to cl- tell the facialist what was going on or they would be like, what is, what's going on with your skin? <laughs> There's green There's like stuff green coming pores. out of your pores. You should, you should <laughs> have this checked out. Yeah. That's amazing. There's no blackheads. It's just green. <laughs> green. green heads. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh. <laughs> oh god that's so disgusting but amazing <laughs> only on a theater podcast would we be talking I about know. this um that's hilarious so i want to ask you like with wicked it's just i mean you said it like you're belting your face off you know you're doing all these insane things like is there anything it's physically vocally and emotionally challenging and like and demanding so like would there be something that you did for wicked to like warm up and like just a routine that you would have that you wouldn't necessarily have for like a show like Neverland or for a show like Mm. something different yeah um or even share like yeah like that yeah um with Elphaba I found with Elphaba that I um I had I actually needed to rest a lot yeah like know that um sleep sleep was my friend and water was my friend um and to not push myself like I if my body was really tired then my body was really tired and maybe we weren't gonna you know because as actors we're like I mean not all of us but like you know sometimes we get really crazy about like we have because you have to look after your body and so you're like sometimes it's I gotta work out I gotta work out I gotta work out or like I gotta massage I gotta massage I gotta massage I gotta yoga all whatever everybody has their things um, mm. and I would really have to just pay attention to my body and be like, if I'm really tired, like, no, you don't need to do any exercise today. But I would, I, I, I mean, for, before almost any show I do, I do a little bit of a physical warm up. maybe not in Neverland as much. Mary Berry, <laughs> Mary Berry didn't need to do a lot with her. Um, <laughs> um I love it. but, uh. But with almost any other show, I try I try to do a little bit of like I always do a vocal warm up, always, yeah. always, always. And with Wicked, I had very specific ones that I found with my voice teacher, um, and I would always do a warm up in the shower because uh, I was lucky enough with all the alphabas to have a shower attached to my dressing room. So I'd usually get to the theater super early, do a warm up with the shower running, so I could like steam and do all of that. Um, mm. and then stretch and the the foam roller was my biggest friend with alphabet because yeah. like my back would get really, really weird from the weight of the costumes. And also, also just, I decided at some point my alphabet was very like, like kind of hunched shoulders, which is not healthy. 
to like yeah. run around and do a show and try to sing with your like shoulders hunched. So it was a lot of trying to just get out those kinks and whatnot. Oh, no. Um, so yeah, so basically like sleep, rest, and a lot of water was my biggest, the, my savior with Alphaba. And also like vocal rest, like a lot of, I'd be yeah. like, I would wake up and I wouldn't speak, like my husband would go off to work and I'd basically be nonverbal with him and not really make oh sounds God. until like an hour or two after <sighs> I woke up, depending on how tired I was wow. the night before just to give time for like everything else to wake up before I use the little cords. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. craziness. Did that come with like, did that come with like time in the role and like learning that like through your body and like kind of examining that? Or was that something that like you just uh, automatically did like when going into the role? Oh no, that was very much trial and error. I, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Cause when I first, I can't imagine when I first started with Alphaba, I didn't have a lot of discipline. Like I was right. as annoying as this sounds, like I was blessed with vocal cords that could sing this show. Um, but I had never done anything that demanding consist consistently. So I was just doing the stuff. I like, I remember in LA, I used to drive to the theater and just sing along to the radio. And that was my vocal warm up. Um, mm -hmm. And then I realized that was actually not really healthy. Like trying to like <laughs> sing along to Aretha Franklin and Janis Joplin before I'm about to go oh do Alphabet. No, no, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's <laughs> hilarious. So it was a lot of trial and error. Um, yeah. And just figuring out what worked and what didn't work. Um, and sometimes, Especially you know, I made lots of mistakes and I learned from those. Yeah. I mean, you have to, right? Especially yeah. like when you're like early on in the industry like that was your broadway debut like yeah it, it's different like i feel like you after wicked i'm sure you became self-aware and like really understood all of the stages that you had to go through in your next shows following that so like yeah, yeah so it, it makes sense the whole trial and error thing and like i'm sure that there's things that you even found during the share show which was your oh. most recently broadway show yeah that you're like oh i never even realized that like there's always your body's always changing and you're always yeah from it, it's so. so true look at you Ian. yeah you know yeah you well know. i'm learning <laughs> season little season broadway vet. absolutely not um i let's talk about neverland because neverland. i, I want to let you go soon but yeah I have to talk to you about Neverland because yeah. that's the show that we did together and it was just such a fun time. I want to share my favorite memory like later, but um, going from like a show, I mean, obviously Wicked wasn't your, your like you didn't do Wicked and then Neverland like back right. to back, but like you kind of talked about how Wicked was, oh, you kind of talked about how Wicked was so demanding and mm -hmm. then Mary Berry, you know, you had some more time off stage so like was there an adjustment period of like hmm like what should I do off stage or like what, what do you kind of like enjoy that and just being with the cast and just like being able to chill and not have to stress about your performance as much yeah good question um Mary Berry is interesting just because I in the beginning I I had <laughs> I had issues trying to figure her out she was fun but also she felt like she kind of she felt like one of the villains in the show yeah and I've never really played played like a straight up villain really so I was like okay how do I how do I wrap my brain around that you know and I'm just I'm sensitive and teal goes through life being like I just want everyone to like me I just like everyone I don't want the conflict I don't, you know like I'm so 
oh let's just and you're so nice laid back yeah <laughs> yeah she's so uptight <laughs> so uptight so I was kind of like okay how do I how do I do this so it, it took me a while to be sort of at peace with what my role is um mm-hmm. just in the show uh and then eventually I was like okay that's that's fine. This is what we're doing. Um, and yeah. luckily, like, I mean, we had such a great company of people. The cast yeah. was just like, oh, so amazing. And it did. It took me a minute once we got into production to figure out what to do with my time. Um, mm. And so I would like so I would read, but I didn't want to read too much because it kind of takes me like out of the show. So I would just sort of like putz around and do stupid things. I don't even know what. But then there was one performance where I was upstairs and it was before the, my last big scene in act two, the circus of your minds uh, sequence. Yeah. And because I'm dressed, so I don't have to do a costume change. So I don't have a dresser coming in and being like, okay, we're going to do your costume change. And I all of a sudden I was like on my phone doing something stupid. And then all of a sudden I heard a line that is past my cue line to for when I usually go downstairs oh my to then make my entrance. So then I start <laughs> running down the stairs and then, you know, like four flights of stairs at the Lund Fontaine theater yeah. um, in, in a, a crazy dress and heels um, running downstairs. I slip, um, twist my ankle hear like a pop. And I'm like, Oh, that didn't sound good. And basically hobble on stage and get seated just in time before the curtain goes up to reveal it's it's tylee and i like sitting there like on a couch supposed to be like you know canoodling Mm -hmm. and and uh barry comes in um anyways and i make it out and then i come off stage and was like i think i did something bad and i look down and my ankle is like crazy swollen and i barely finished the show like i didn't even do the bows because i couldn't walk um um and i think was it john one of the one of the carpenters at the show basically like carried me out the stage door oh. after the show so I could get in a cab and, and I was out of the show for like a week because I sprained my ankle so bad but yeah after, I remember that yeah so after that I stopped going upstairs I stayed downstairs and just hung out off stage with the rest of the cast which was honestly the best thing ever because we would have so much fun we then would like play games like Carol Lee would yeah you know do like bananagrams we had like a puzzle oh we would like color then it became that was like the best thing ever and I realized I was like I just can't leave the stage I have to stay off stage and then I stay in the world and I'm having more fun than being up in my dressing room all by myself playing on my phone like doing things that don't necessarily bring me joy Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Right. Yeah. So that was, that's, that's so what I did. fascinating. Because <laughs> I do, like, that's kind of what I was, like, trying to allude to. And now that you say that, I do remember, like, there was a time where just, like, randomly you started popping up. Like, you didn't always, like, pop up and, yeah. like, hang out. But, like, whether you literally, like, watched the show in the wings or you were literally in, like, the the men's or the quick change room, yeah. like, on stage left or whatever. Yeah. Like, there, you were always, like, popping around. And I was like, this is so interesting. Like, now she's doing this. And, like, now she's always, like, here. And I love that. And it was so fun to, like, engage with you and everything like that. But I was like, now that you say that, I do remember there was a time where it just, like, wasn't like that. So that's yeah. fascinating that your, your ankle was kind of the root of that. I know. And yeah, I know. I was like, okay, that's the lesson. That was the lesson. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I also, I loved, and I tell this anytime I talk about Finding Neverland, of course, no matter what people think about the show, whether they absolutely loved it or they didn't, <laughs> but no matter what, they always talk about the, you know, that the last bit with the the play and the, and the, um, oh, and yeah. the nursery and the, the glitter tornado mm-hmm. and all of that. <laughs> and that, I mean, just as soon as they start doing the the song and everybody's acting out Peter Pan in the nursery, I think it's some of the most beautiful theater. And I, oh. I'm can I'm almost a hundred percent sure that every single night I stood off stage and watched it just because I loved it so much. Aww. And I was basically the only cast member in the show that wasn't in that number. So, <laughs> right. I mean, even the dog was in that song. Um. <laughs> even the dog. Well, you could have played the dog. <laughs> Colin was originally supposed to play the dog. You should have played the dog. I know. I've then you, like... we all could have been it. <laughs> we could yeah. all been it. I could have just been like a random like mermaid in like the background, just like waving. Yes. Oh my anyway, god. That I just love hilarious. It. So I would watch that off stage as well. Yeah, there's so many things to love about that. Like, especially because, like, our set was just, like, so colorful as Mm -hmm. is. So then, like, you add all, like, the costumes and everything like that. And it's not like they were, like, flashy. They were all, like, simple things. But it was just, it all came together and meshed so beautifully that, like, it it made it what it was. Oh, you know, so pretty. It was so pretty. So sweet. So, mm, I just loved it. So, yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite memories Uh of, like, Neverland, especially with you, um, was the Broadway Baseball League. Um, (laughs) Because because we we had a team, and we teamed up with, like, Fiddler, I want to say. Um, And and it was just so funny because you, you need at least one girl to play in the league. And it, you were like, hey, you know, like, should I do it? Like, you you kind of had that back and forth thing. And then you, like, finally did it. And it was you, it was Caroline, our Wrangler. Mm-hmm. And then it was, like, Laura Hayward. Hayward yeah. Um, yeah. Like, so, like, we had three girls, which is great. And, like, usually, like, one or two of you would show up. And I think you literally played, like, the first game. And then you were just like, okay, that how do we do this b-ball? Like, like you oh, know, yeah. like, you were like, how do we do this? What do you need me to do? Like, do you want me to catch? Do you want me to, like play this and they were like we'll, we'll push you we'll we'll, we'll shove yeah. with love like we do on stage you know like, oh yeah it was so funny and and I don't know why like that's always been a memory that's like stuck of mine of you because I think I was just like so I, I just love when people like in theater try to play sports and like yeah. that's like one of my favorite things well like I said <laughs> earlier I played soccer like I'm yeah. an athletic person but I am not a good hand-eye coordination person so <laughs> 
like I can run. I remember because I've done at least two Broadway softball leagues with Jekyll and Hyde uh-huh. and with Finding Neverland. Um, because I remember with Wicked was obviously my first Broadway show, and they were talking about how that team is very, very like they're very particular with who plays. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm also I probably shouldn't play anyways, but like, <laughs> cool, good to know. Because I've never played right. softball. I'm not good at it. I wish I was good, but I'm not good just because the mm-hmm. the my hand it's no good. But I'm really fast. So on a few of the teams, I had been a pinch runner for someone. Yes. Because I was like, I can run real fast to that base. Um, but yeah, so I'm athletic, just not with the not with a baseball bat and a glove. I, oof, yeah, oof. at least your story is, oh my God, I was running to a queue and not running to steal second base, you know, know. that you sprained I your mean, ankle. <laughs> injuries. I remember, yeah. I remember one, one of the games, I don't, it was probably in Neverland when we were doing Neverland. Somebody, somebody threw the softball to the next base to get someone else and literally hit the person in the head who was running. Oh yeah. I was like, Oh, and was it, was it with finding Neverland or maybe it was when I did Jekyll and Hyde, but one of our, um, the doorman, one of the, like the, the guy who ran the, the door, uh, yeah. like blew his knee out completely playing in the Broadway softball league. And then oh, was like wow. out for a while because he's just, I mean, injuries happen. It's, and people take it seriously as you do. I mean, it's we're yeah. competitive creatures, obviously. Oh yeah. Well, or else we wouldn't succeed in this crazy business. <laughs> right. For but did sure. you like? I mean, it? Do you like softball? Like, are you? I mean, like, I, I I enjoy like playing it or whatever. But like watching it on TV or like even going oh. to a game like with baseball, it's just too slow for me. Like, yeah. Performers were just like so. What's yeah. next? Is it? We're like always going. Where our brains are always like doing stuff and like. It's just way too laid back for me, and I, I need something a little faster and more like keeping me engaged. I feel Got like it. nowadays too, it's so, it's so unfortunate, especially because of the pandemic. Like, our brains just like need constant stimulation. Oh, I know. Nowadays, and it's like not healthy, but like that's just the way it is. And baseball is not constant stimulation, so I think that also has something to do with it. Yeah. Anyways, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, theater folks, for the for the sports talk for the sports ball. Um, Ooh, the sports but, ball. <laughs> yes, the sports ball. Um, but I I want to get back and I want to talk about share because that was a show that you you did most recently and like that is one of the shows like you played share like come on like that is one <laughs> of the coolest things ever. I have to ask you like you played Cher and like you're working with Cher and she's she's watching you like was there ever a time where it was just like oh my god like the person I'm playing is like right there and she's like watching me oh like is that like nerve-wracking oh yeah 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 talk to me about that well I the first time that she came to see the show it was when we were doing the we were in Chicago doing the out-of-town tryout in Chicago and we knew she was coming to see the show. We just didn't know exactly which show. Like she was coming, you know, a certain weekend. And we're like, well, I don't know which show she's actually going to see. Um, oh and then luckily nobody told me. It wasn't until basically Bows and I was off stage with um, Stephanie and Michaela, my other shares. And they're sure. like, okay, we have something to tell you. And I was like, oh God, what? 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 We're closing. Oh my God, what's happening? Oh my <laughs> God. What is happening? <laughs> And then yeah. like, we haven't we we didn't want to tell you before, but Cher actually just watched the show. And I was like, Oh okay. I'm sorry. I'm like, well, thank you for not telling me before because there's no way I would have been able to get through it. You know, I'm I'm wow. I'm also the type of performer that 
I don't really like to know who's out in the audience. Like some people want to know and I don't, I mean, I'll obviously (laughs) know if I have like friends or family out there, but if there's, you know, fancy industry people, I don't want to know because I just want to just do my show. Um, Right. It, it really does impact your show. Like you try to like do like more and that doesn't always help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that with Neverland and I got that to a point where I was just like, okay, if anyone's here, just stop. Just stop yeah, telling just me. don't tell me. You can tell me after yeah. the fact, and that's fine. Yeah, you because know, right. I I like to approach every show as if it has the potential to be one of my best shows ever, and you know, or just because it can be great in so many different ways. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, so very, very, very grateful that they did not tell me. And then we all met her after the show. She like came, or maybe it was in between shows. I don't remember, but she came. We all like gathered as a company um, downstairs, yeah. and she came in. And I remember when I saw her. For the first time seeing her in person, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's what she looks like. Just, And then when she was talking to us, I was like, oh, yeah, OK, yep, that's that's how she sounds. That's how I've been trying to, you know, figure out uh, how she talks. And I was like, OK, I'm, I'm not, you know, super off track. I'm kind of in line with how she actually speaks and how she actually is when she's not, you know, not from because all I had all my other reference points were YouTube videos. Yeah. Anything. Um. And so I was like, okay, cool. This is cool. This is cool. And then the next show that I did, knowing that she was in the audience, I spent the whole show wondering if she actually, how she felt about the lines I was saying. You know, I was like, I wonder if she mm. ever actually said that. I wonder if she's sitting there saying like, I never said that to Sunny. I never said that to yeah. that, you know, and all of that. Right. It was just weird. And it just found, it took me out of the show for sure. Because I was like, I wonder yeah. if she actually thinks that you know, because I can't imagine watching somebody be you yeah, on stage literally. and being like, I don't do that. Or like, oh, do I actually do that? Is that what I do? <laughs> um, and it was a hard time for Cher because she it took her a while before she was comfortable with watching the show. She oh, was just like, sure. this is just too much. I didn't realize what it would be like to actually watch my life on stage. Um, and even though she said yes to it and approved the script and all those things, you know, watching it is something different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but yeah, it was a trip. And then that as the journey went on, she would show up more and more and she'd have like one-on-ones with us shares. And like, there was a time when we were at the Neil Simon theater um, and we were doing the Broadway run in previews and she like came up and like sat in my dressing room and we like chit chatted and she like had her assistant pull up some like old Sunny and Cher comedy um bits that she really liked and she was like see like this one she's like I really like this joke I kind of wish we had this joke in here instead but it's like okay Cher I can't do that I can't change it you're right sure like if you want a different joke you have to tell them right um, but but yeah it was it was just interesting and seeing her and also as the journey went on she um she would open herself up more to us. Like the very first time we all met her, she had a hat, she had sunglasses on. She had a little bit more like leather jacket, a little more dressed up. Um, The next time the sunglasses were off, like she was wearing sunglasses inside the theater talking. Yeah. Um, Then she like the next time the sunglasses were off the next time, like the hat was gone. The next time her hair was like less done. She was in more casual clothes. Like she slowly would like peel away her armor. Um, Yeah. So I take that as a sign that she was getting comfortable with us. That's really Hopefully. cool. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, talk to me about about the show itself and just like 
I don't know, because it's like, yeah, it's like a show and it's like an autobiography and everything, but like, it was kind of like a concert too, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways, like it's not your like traditional theater and I think that's what was so cool about it because at the same time it was you know yeah. like talk to me about just like how fun it was and how different it is compared to a show like Wicked and like Neverland and Jekyll and Hyde and all of that yeah it was um I mean it was fun it was also I think you know one of the, like the the showiest showiest yeah showiest shows I've done like just flashiest. like yeah flashiest that's the right word flashiest yeah. because it's share and like the Bob Mackie costumes and of course. um and getting to work with Bob Mackie he is such a dream oh my god it's so like oh god that was such a gift so cool <laughs> and like just the appreciate the appreciation of like I love how all of a sudden I'm what is that like a sibilant s of like I'm like appreciation. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I keep you I, got it though. Then you got I it. Time. Yeah, but like the appreciation of 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 clothing and um and just fully because it share like like the female body and like what clothing how it can like hide and highlight things and draw attention and and just his love of just sparkle and glam and all of that and just feeling what it's like to wear dresses that are made out of very specific beading and they have literally a weight to them that you don't find and you know things that you buy at like macy's or target um right uh so it was just it was a very flashy show which which was difficult because it was it felt like oh <laughs> trying to think about how to say this it felt like there was presentational stuff but then because it was also still a play or telling someone's the you know behind the scenes of someone's life and a very complicated person who has had a lot of ups and downs and hardships also trying to then be vulnerable and emotional and honest and all of that so it was interesting mm -hmm. figuring out how to go between those two things um but the key to that was it was very that's very share so it actually mm -hmm. helped like when you have to switch it on and just be you know glamour push share and like a barely there outfit and sparkles and like <laughs> deliver like all these you know belt your face off and be a, a rock goddess and right. then switch to being like at home a mom having a fight with her husband and those sort mm -hmm. of things so um it was interesting trying to do that and I I had a lot of fun. I had it was it was a journey and there were difficult times, but I look back on it and I, I really loved it. And I loved my character. I loved I loved all my cast. Um and it was also because of the share show having sharing sharing the role with two other people. It we had a very very strong Actually, four other people, because Dee, Rossioli, our standby for Star and Lady, she was there for all of, anytime it was like a share-specific rehearsal or a share-work mm -hmm. session with like our vocal um, coach or, um, yeah, all of that, Dee was always there. So there were four of us, so we really created like a sisterhood bond that was That's awesome. also really lovely. Um, made it into were a little heightened and emotional just because, you know, we are female actors and we tend can tend to be emotional especially when we're stressed and exhausted um sure but it just it it, it just kind of it just made things feel a little extra heightened and a little extra meaningful because 
we were all going through it together and really trying to be there and supportive for each other. And while trying to portray this, this huge iconic superstar that is as Cher is, she's also, she also sort of has her own world going on. So sometimes it felt like we were almost competing with her rather than trying Uh to pay homage to her because it just, her presence is just so there. And she was also doing her own tour, her, concert tours and all of that and so sometimes it felt like it was okay the share show versus share herself right which was tricky to navigate yeah. <laughs> fascinating I, it's crazy i i don't know like just the like even with like mj like obviously like he's not alive and everything but like now that that's on in broadway you know like all of these like biographical like you know shows mm-hmm. i feel like are just so tricky and like I mean, all the shows, I guess all shows on Broadway are like based on people, you know, and based on stories and everything like that. But like, you know, when it's someone that's just so prevalent and is such a iconic and cultural like figure, yeah. you know, like it's just it, it I can't imagine how, how tricky it is. But like it's done in such a legitimate way, in such a beautiful way, in such a powerful way that like it's it's successful you know yeah. and like y'all made it to broadway and you guys like killed it you know like oh, and it was so cool yeah and like honestly like a lot of people are saying like and and it may be the case like six is like leading the way for broadway mm. like you know like they're um like the female led and everything like that but like you guys were you guys kind of started that too where yeah. you know you're three like incredibly talented women like leading the way on broadway and like sharing like a a female story you know like in that that i feel like y'all were the first like stepping ground for that so you guys yeah and then yeah and then we had tina you know tina like basically came in right Right. like kind of continues that like like this huge iconic just a badass goddess like powerhouse lady um and telling that story and yeah it is it is exciting i know i haven't seen six yet because i just or whatever life oh my god life and then also now it's like one of the hottest tickets so i was like ah i missed my window to see it um so good i know but i'm but it's it's so interesting it is so interesting that that the show is as huge a hit as it is not that it wouldn't be but i know like from its origins the fact that it's that it is where it's at also means that the audience the audiences are craving that sort of thing and like you were saying like strong women telling strong stories and it's also like real cool fun just music just belting and singing and dancing for for the heavens absolutely well, Teal, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but this has been a blast, seriously, and catching up on all the things and talking about your career because we really haven't had a conversation like this before. I know. So I appreciate you coming on here and chatting with me. I know. Why, but why would you want to have you were you were you were little doing I know, your I, own thing, living your. I totally like just did not get it when I was younger. I was just like, "What is happening?" I'm working with like my best friend, like you know, like it's yeah. just like they're just a person, and like yeah. we still are. But like, I didn't realize like I didn't even watch Glee. Like my brother was like, "Oh my god, Matthew Morrison," and I was like, "Who?" Like yeah. you know, like I was so yeah. like blinded to that because like I was so young. So it's like cool to like now revisit that and be able to like 
oh, like, I'm curious to see how this happened and how this worked and like being able to like learn and sponge more things. It, it's fascinating. So I think that's I appreciate awesome. You. Oh my gosh, of course. Yeah. I think it's lovely. And yeah, and you were such, oh my gosh, you were such, you were such a joy. I remember when you joined oh. the company, especially because Colin, Colin knew yes. you and he's like, oh, he's such a dream. And we were just like, oh, hey. Hey, it's always such a, you're such a positive, lovely little light popping all around oh, the, all around the, the theater. Stop. I mean, all I you mean, guys were, all you guys were like, it's, you. I can't, now I want to do, now I want to do a whole nother conversation with you and I want to know about you and I want to know what oh it's like God. being that young and having to do, be in a Broadway show. Cause Lord, I was not ready to no be joke. on Broadway until... <laughs> I was on Broadway, which was when I was in my twenties. So I needed, I needed a few decades to figure out who I am and what I wanted to do. Yeah, for sure. But uh, it it was, it's, it's a whole thing. And, and to be doing it with like going to school and all of that and, you know, doing, you know, we're all in this industry. So like we do like multiple things at once, you know, it's not like we're just doing the show. So like all of that stuff just factored in. Like I look back on it and I'm just like, what was I like thinking? But we survived, we're here and we're doing it. Sure Um, are. So yeah. And like now we can look back and just be like, that's so cool. Like, go good for us, you know. Good for us. Good so, for us. Yeah. I know, like we are pretty cool. Like we are okay, you know. <laughs> okay. People do like us. There are people in the world that like, yeah, they're cool. They're like a good person. It's crazy. Especially like in a time where, especially during the pandemic, where it's like everyone sucks. Everyone's bad. Yeah. No one can stay inside. Our president's a mess. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's all these things. And like now to look back, it's like, yeah, no, the world, the world will be okay. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got, we got enough good, good yeah. hearted, well-intentioned people in the world. We just yeah. need them to be in places of power to make decisions. Right. That's a whole nother. That's, a whole nother That's thing, another conversation. Um, we'll tune in for part three. No, just I know, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. I seriously, I really just can't thank you enough it was so good to see you and talk to you again so thank you for coming on oh here. my gosh it was so oh fun yeah and you have so much to take a bow for so thanks for doing it on yes. the podcast today the bow. yeah <laughs> take a bow to your wicks oh my god just everything just reminiscing the whole finding neverland uh moments and kind of talking about you know share and working with her and how she was able to like kind of reveal more of herself like that all of that stuff was so fascinating she brought so many fun things to the table uh talking about Jekyll and Hyde Wicked all of the fun stuff I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode because she's one of the greatest people I know she was so fun to talk to and reconnect with so thank you again Teal Wicks for coming on the podcast sharing some stories and kind of catching up and as always Thank you all for listening. I usually do a couple more segments, but we have been here long enough today. Uh, and I appreciate you for sticking around to the end. So I'm just going to wrap it up by saying, as always, follow us on social media for more exclusive content, uh, whether it's Instagram or it's TikTok, or you can check us out on Patreon. Uh, our social media on TikTok and Instagram is at Take About Podcast. Uh, Patreon is patreon.com slash TAB. 
And you can check us out because we are hosting a very special uh, live event uh, for Take About. We are going to be doing this whole thing, this whole podcast thing. We're going to be doing it live, and we're going to be doing it at the Green Room 42 on April 18th at 9.30. And I have some incredible special guests coming that I'm not going to announce this week, and it's killing me that I can't announce it yet. But I will hopefully be announcing it um, next week on next week's episode, uh, because time is ticking, but I can assure you that we have some incredible guests and they've actually all already been featured on the podcast. So really it's kind of like a, uh, reminiscing since the last time we've talked on the podcast to talk about the incredible things that they've been up to since talking to me on the podcast and kind of uh, also paying, uh, uh, a tribute and saying thank you for all that they've done for the podcast and just coming on and all of that and celebrating with them. So once again, thank you all for listening. If you're interested in that live show, check us out. It's on the Green Room 42 website, or you can go to the link in our bios in our social media uh, to buy your tickets today. All the tickets are super cheap. They are less than a rush ticket to a Broadway show. I promise you it's going to be a fun night. We have so many fun things planned for you. Uh, It's going to be super interactive. So come check us out. It's at the Green Room 42. Once again, links are in the bio, or you can go to the Green Room 42 website and just search Take a Bow. Either one will work. Come check us out. And each ticket comes with a $10 food and beverage voucher. Um, So you'll have a kind of like a gift card for like your drink or your food or whatever you want. And you don't even have to get that if if you don't want to. Uh, But the option's there. So Once again, thank you all for listening. I hope you will come check us out and uh, appreciate you all staying till the end. And if you can't make it to the live show and you are wanting to to come check out what this is and and kind of participate in the fun night that we have planned, uh, we are offering live streaming tickets. So you can go uh, check those out. You have to have access and you have to buy a ticket to get the access to the live stream link. Uh, that is also on the Green Room's wonderful website that they have for us where you can buy your tickets. So I hope to see you all next week because we have yet another exciting episode with a very exciting guest. So thank you all for tuning in and see you next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. For this episode's Curtain Call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theatre community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theatre professionals, search the RISE Theatre Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.